Welcome back to Money Talks. We have been working our way through some of the advice our money might give us if our money could actually talk. And as it turns out, we have discovered that what our money would say actually matches what Jesus said when Jesus talked about money. Now, if you remember in part one of our series, we discovered that our money would say that I can add meaning to your life, but I'm not the meaning of your life. What we learned is that life is not just a race to accumulate the most, even though it often feels that way. Because really, in the end, the reality is that you and I are going to leave it all behind anyways. And last week, in part two of our series, we discovered that if our money could talk, it would probably remind us that the moment you think you own me, I actually own you. What we learned through this is that we, if we lose sight of the fact that our money is not really ours, but we're just actually the managers of our money, when we lose sight of that, when we forget it or don't know it, then the money, well, it starts calling the shots. So to be responsible and accountable managers of someone else's money, we address the fact that we should track and know where our money is going. Because everybody should know where the money they, they are entrusted with is going. Now, if the first two parts inspired you to consider to think differently about money and what your money might be saying to you, you may have noticed that there are essentially, actually there's essentially five things you can do with your money. There are certainly categories to each of these, but really essentially there are just five things you can do with your money. The number one is you can spend it. And we're all pretty good at this one, right? Like we all do this one well. Number two, you can pay your debt, depending on how much you have already spent or misspent. The number three is you can pay your taxes. And I really hope you're doing this one, right? Like this one's really important. Number four, you can save your money. Again, I hope you're doing some of this. And number five, you can give your money away. Those are basically the five things you can do with your money. And for most of us, that's actually the order we do them in, right? First we spend, then we pay off our debt, we pay our taxes, we save, and if there's anything left over, well, then we might give some away. These are the five things you can do with your money. And for majority of people, that's the order in which they do them. Now, I want to go through that list one more time, but this time I want to put a little spin on it. So number one thing in our money that we said is to spend it. Well, that's for me, right? The number two, you can pay your debt. That's really uh, for me as well. Number three thing you can do with your money is you can pay your taxes. Okay, so that's for the nation, for the government, but it's really for me too, right? Because we get rebates back. Number four, what we do with our money, we can save it. Well, that's me as, again. And then number five thing you can do with your money, well, you can give it away. And that's kind of for God and others. So our list is really me, 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 and then maybe God and others. And that's how it's done in the majority of our cases. And perhaps that's how it's done in your home. Now, the problem with all of that, of course, is that God and others come last. Essentially, God and others get the leftovers. If I haven't spent it all, that is, right? If I don't owe it all, if the government doesn't get it all, and if I don't save it, if I don't save it for myself for later, then perhaps and maybe God and others will get something. This is called me first 
living with some leftover giving. And this is totally understandable because this is the script most of us inherited, right? This is what we saw modeled in our homes. And this is certainly what the culture encourages us to do. But here's something really interesting. When Jesus showed up, he literally flipped the script. And here's what he said. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I bet you've heard this before, right? Where your treasure is, your treasure is, that's meaning your stuff, your money, your hopes, your dreams. But it's also your physical stuff. And Jesus says, where your treasure is, your heart follows. And he wasn't trying to shame you. He wasn't trying to shame us. And this is really important for us to understand in this part. It's not about shaming. We're not trying to shame you. Jesus was actually just giving us a principle, a fact of life. Whatever gets our money gets our attention. Now, if you ever had a, if you ever had a new car, you can understand this really well, right? For the first few weeks, maybe the first few months, you parked it way on the edge of the parking lot, right? As far away from all the other cars as you can get. In fact, if you had a minivan, you might not even allowed your kids to eat in it. You're cleaning it all the time. You're wiping every smudge. That car, that van costed you a lot of money. So it got a lot of your attention. It had a piece of your heart. Then you had that first ding, the first scratch that rock that flew and hit your windshield. And you had the moment of grieving. And I'll say grieving because you, it's probably not appropriate to share what you actually said when that rock hit your window. <laughs> this, new thing that you, this new thing had your heart. Jesus knew how this works. And Jesus knew that our money takes a little bit of our heart everywhere it goes. So he says, if I want to know where your heart is, if I want to know what's going to get your attention, your passion, your time, then all I have to do is look at your bank statement, at your credit card statement, and not at your Bible. If you want to know where your heart really is, Jesus says, show me your money. And show me where you uh, sent it, and show me where you spent it. Because your heart follows your money. Which brings us to something I referenced in session one. Jesus isn't after your money. Right? What is he after actually? Well, he's after your heart. And the best way for your savior, your heavenly father to take possession of your heart is to allow him to take possession of how you manage your money. Now, lots of people dedicate their hearts to God, especially, oh man, especially in times of crisis. When there's uncertainty, when there's pressure, when there's a pandemic, when there's a breakup, a loss, when there's a crisis, that's when we turn to God. We say, where are you? Help me. Why aren't you helping me? And so we dedicate or rededicate our hearts to God. We want and need help with our situation, our possessions, or our circumstance. But Jesus asked his followers to dedicate their possessions to set their heart on something more than having stuff. Because that's how you know whose you really are. Jesus knew that our money and our possessions are where the rubber meets the road in terms of our ultimate devotion. It's so much easier to give your health and your career or even your relationship to your Heavenly Father, right? So much easier than to dedicate your money. I mean, when you're sick, you invite God into your health. You want him to intervene. You want him to heal you. 
When you're out of work, you ask him to intervene on your behalf and land that good interview or that great job. And you want to know why it's easier to trust God with those things? Because you don't have any control over them anyways. You're relying on doctors or you're hoping that HR guy calls and gives you that job. But money, money is really different because money is tangible. You get to decide what you do with it. So when Jesus started talking about where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. He meant that the ultimate litmus test for our devotion to God is what we do with our money. So if our money could talk, it might remind us, my direction reveals your affection. My direction, money says, ultimately reveals your affection, meaning what is most important to you. Your money's direction, what you spend it on, reveals what you actually care about the most. So let's go back to the list of the priorities for just a second. How, we, how most of us spend most of our money. And remember, it's me first, me second, me third, me fourth. And then if there's any little bit left, or I feel kind of compassionate, or I feel kind of guilty because there's a tsunami or, or an earthquake or a forest fire, then, well, you know, then I might give a little bit. And if you think about it in those terms, that's actually kind of messed up, isn't it? I mean, to me, it's a little bit embarrassing. So Jesus offers us a remedy. He calls us to flip that script, to reprioritize, to flip the list. And don't panic. You're not going to have to give everything away or sell your, all your possessions. That would actually be irresponsible as well. That would just make you a burden to someone else. This isn't about living irresponsibly. Actually, it's just the opposite. Spending almost everything on you or saving it for your future, that's actually irresponsible. In light of that fact, that it's not even yours to begin with. So this isn't about having nothing. It's about reprioritizing everything. And here's how Jesus put it. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. But seek first. Seek first is the key statement here. This is so important. Seek first is to put first, reprioritize, reorder, rearrange, rethink. Now the word kingdom throws us off because, well, we don't live in a kingdom and the word righteousness sounds kind of complicated and religious. But what Jesus is saying is something so simple and yet so important. And here's what he's saying. My father's kingdom is an other's first kingdom. If you're going to follow me, Jesus says, it's going to be about doing what is right for others and doing that first. Jesus taught throughout his ministry that what's right for other people is what's right. That's what's best for other people and that's what's best. So Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn that list upside down. I want you to put God and others first. I want you to put you second. You're still on the list. It's just that you're not at the top of the list. Jesus is actually inviting us into something significant. He's inviting us into a world, or to use his term, a kingdom, where we don't go first. This is his invitation to give your money before you spend it, or save it, or spend it in the future, and consequently give ourselves to God. 
And do you know why Jesus taught this? Not because he wants your money. Again, it's because he wants you and he knows what's best for you. And I'm telling you, in the kingdom where you don't go first, you're going to find more peace, more joy, more purpose, and more meaning. And ultimately, you, and you may not believe this, when you prioritize the Jesus way, when you flip the script, you will have more financial margin as well. Look at the rest of the statement. Look what he says here. And all these things will be given to you as well. And what are all these things? These, these are the things you worry about. These are the things you fret about. These are the things, well, these are the things that have to be done and have to be paid for. All of these things are crucial to being able to survive. And they're going to be provided for as well. This isn't either or. It's not just about others. This principle is to take care of you as well. This is about priorities, pure and simple. It's about who comes first, seeking first his kingdom, and he will take care of yours. Simply put, give first, save second. Pay your taxes, repay your debt, and then live on what's left over. Yep, you get the leftovers. Now let me, let me make this even simpler for you. Here's the system I would love for you to embrace. It's different, but it's so simple, and it imitates the way of Jesus. Give, save, live. Give, save, live. When you get paid, you invest in God's kingdom first. You give first, then you invest in your future. You save second, then you live on the rest. Give, save, live on the rest. This is how you throw open the door to God's involvement in your financial future. And I'm telling you, rich people, poor people, everyone in between, this is the key to financial security. This is how you live responsibly. This is actually the key to true financial freedom. This is actually the key to financial peace. You give first, save second, and then you live on the rest. Now here's a tip. I don't want you to think in terms of amounts of money. I want you to think in terms of percentage. Pick a percentage. I want you to pick a percentage of your income ahead of time and then give. Give it away as soon as you get it. Whatever the percentage is, and I'm not even going to make a suggestion for you, you pick that percentage. Whatever it is, talk to your spouse, talk to your friends, family members, but choose a percentage, figure Figure out a way to get the percentage of your money out of, out of your kingdom into someone else's kingdom before you have a chance to spend it. Pick your local church. Pick a nonprofit, something, something you believe in, love, something that's doing meaningful in your community. Maybe somebody that's doing stuff that's near and dear to your heart. Maybe something with children or foster children or a hospital. Whatever it is, don't wait to be asked. Everybody gives or just about Everybody gives when they're asked. And just about everybody gives when there's an emergency. I want us to be better than that. I want us to commit to the community we believe in is making a difference in our city, regardless of whether or not there's an emergency and regardless of whether or not they even asked. Pick a percentage to give, then decide where it's going and let it go. Okay? 
Now, the second thing in pick your percentage, pick your percentage to save. This is also a way of helping other people because you don't want your kids or your grandkids to have to take care of you, right? Preparing for your own future is a way of loving other people. So save a percentage of your money second. And then, well, then you just consume your heart out. Live on the rest. New or nicer, upgrade, renovate, whatever that looks like for you. Once you have given a percentage, once you have saved a percentage, everything left over is yours to spend. That's how you guard, not just against financial disaster, that's how you guard against greed. It's how you ensure that you have your money and that your money never has you. Give first, save second, live on the rest. Now, one last thing. I want you to pay close attention to the internal tension this creates inside of you. In other words, when you started thinking about giving away a percentage of your money and giving away a percentage of your money first, it's going to begin perhaps a little battle on the inside of you. And I want you to listen closely to that internal conversation. The one that, that you have with yourself. The one you're preparing to have with your fiance or your husband or your wife. Or maybe the conversation you're already having with me in your head. You know the one. I'm all for generosity, but if I start giving away a percentage of my money, it's going to take us twice as long to save for that down payment. I'll be paying off my student loans till I'm dead. I want you to pay attention to that internal dialogue, the internal tension. And here's why. Because I want you to discover something about yourself. I want you to discover what is at the center of your resistance. And this is really important. In fact, I think you owe it to yourself. You certainly don't owe it to me. I want you to answer the question that's at the center of your resistance. Why am I resisting this? Why am I resisting this really? I want you to listen to the excuses you're telling yourself. And then I want you to just give anyway. And what you might discover is this, that your resistance is not really about money. It's about something else. Friends, when you flip the script and you give first, you will see your heart change. The resistance you wrestle with will expose your heart's treasure. And in the process, it will change your life for the better. So give first, save second, and then live on the rest. And if you'll start working towards give, save, live, something will begin to happen in your heart. I dare you to try it. I challenge you to flip the script and give first. Put God and others first. Put your future second and then adjust your lifestyle so you can afford to live on the rest. So again, here's what you need to do. Pick a percentage to give and save. You need to pick a percentage of what you will give and a percentage that you will save. This will address the habits of your heart. And learning to give, save, and live will impact every single area of your life. It will certainly impact your financial life. And ultimately, it will impact everybody around you. Your neighbors' lives will be impacted as well. You'll come back and you'll say, I don't understand it. I, I can't actually even explain it. But something has happened inside of me because of this simple financial model. Something happened to my family. Something happened to my finances. 
I can't explain it all on paper, but something's different. I'm different. When you choose to put God first in a tangible way, in a way that's measurable, in a way that actually feels like it's costing you something, everything begins to change. Friends, Jesus was clear. The litmus test, and this is the hard, this is a really hard one for us. The litmus test for our devotion to God is our willingness to put him first. In the arena of our money and in the arena of our possessions. Not just include him, not offer him our leftovers, but to put him first in the arena of our money and possessions. Because after all, as money would say, my direction reveals your affection. Where your money is, there your heart is also. So redirect your heart. Give first, save second, and live on the rest. Thanks, Pastor Paul, for your message. And thank you for joining us. If you felt over the past few weeks that you would like to take action in the area of money or create new and healthier habits, we would like to invite you to our money course starting on October 21st at 7 p.m. The money course looks to help you manage your money better and learn to budget, save, and spend well. It's not just informational, it's transformational. The goal is to be inspired to change your life. The money course is totally free and will be hosted online, so you can do it from the comfort of your own home. Over four sessions, our trained facilitators will give you resources and tools so that you can become more confident and competent in handling your money and the decisions you make about money. Join us on October 21st by registering at cdac.ca slash moneycourse. We can't wait to see you online. If you've missed any of our past messages or want to catch up on series, head over to youtube.com slash circleyxe to check out our great content. We are so glad that you've joined us and we hope you have a great rest of your Sunday and the week ahead. Stay safe and bye for now.